my study over the next several weeks are, is going to be uh, signs of being in a, a spiritual battle uh, and how to win. And specifically tonight, I'm going to talk about know your enemy. Uh, Matthew's uh, Gospel, chapter 4, the first three verses, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. And when we talk about uh, a spiritual battle or aspects of spiritual warfare, you know, sometimes people say, you know, come on, you know, pastor, this is the 21st century. And, uh, you know, Halloween is, is just, you know, just sort of a fun and, and time. And, and the devil's just a fictitious character. And, you know, uh, you know, we, we've got science now and we have education and, you know, we've just uh, we've moved on past the medieval days and the archaic times. And and, you know, we just need to be more relevant. You know, people really don't have trouble with with temptations that they have trouble just because, you know, people are, you know, people are stupid or people do dumb things. And, you know, and if they would just, you know, have a stronger will or they would just, you know, uh, get a life, then, you know, they wouldn't have so many problems. And and the devil would like everyone to believe that. I mean, he would just, uh, as a matter of fact, he's behind that narrative and, and he would just love everybody to buy into that. And he even wants you to buy stock in that kind of philosophy. And, and, uh, but you won't get a return on it, not one that's going to help you and bless you and cause you to live in victory. And so, you know, he wants us to believe that, that he doesn't exist and there's no such thing as a temptation or a tempter or problems or, but I'll tell you the audacity of the devil that he, he went after Jesus himself. And that shows you just, you know, that he's, uh, he's a real predator. He's a real adversary. I mean, he went after the Son of God, and he tried to get him. And if he tried to get him, don't kid yourself, he's going to try to get his kids. And uh, we need to understand that spiritual things are real and spiritual battles are real. But thank God in Christ we can learn how to win and we can learn how to maintain victory. And so uh, a portion of what I'm going to be talking about is tonight is know your enemy. And... Uh, and we're called and admonished in Scripture to know our adversary and not to be ignorant of his devices. But here we can see that, you know, he's labeled or identified as a tempter. And so, uh, you know, he's behind everything that's evil. He's, he's behind everything that's anti-Christ or anti-authority. He's behind it all. And uh, so if you, you, you want to get to you know, a little bit more acquainted with him. You know, we need to become a little more acquainted with what the scripture has to say about his origin and, and how he works and how he operates because uh, the truth will set us free and it will keep us from getting locked up and bound up by by this tempter. And so uh, another portion of scripture I, I want you to uh, turn to is John's Gospel, chapter 8. And this is, is Jesus talking about, uh, talking about the devil himself and... Uh, and this is what he says in John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 44. He says, you're of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. Uh, he is a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Uh, a Peter, who, who probably is a, a great authority to talk about, uh, the forces of darkness and spiritual battles because he himself 
uh, as we all know, one time uh, was yielding to the wrong spirit and uh, the Lord had to had to take authority over the, the enemy that was trying to to lead Peter down a, de, a, a very deceptive path. And uh, and and Peter and and really forgot his place and was was trying to bring correction and and uh, and and uh, to the Lord. And, and this is what he he wrote to us. In First Peter chapter five, First Peter chapter five, verses eight and nine, uh, Peter admonishes us: be sober. Uh, we could say it this way: be controlled or have self-control. Be vigilant or be watchful. Pay attention. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And and so we see just from these first uh, portions of Scripture that there is a devil, a literal devil. Uh, he's a spiritual being. He's behind all temptations. He's a liar. He's the origin of all lies. He's the father of all lies. And that that he walks around uh, trying to find people that he can take advantage of. And uh, and he's he's merciless. Uh, he's relentless. And uh, he's an opportunist. And so those are some things we've already seen. But we know who the devil is or who Satan is uh, by the various names that, that God's word used to, to uh, reveal his nature and his tactics. So I don't have time to you know, go through all of his names. Uh, that's not my, my uh, assignment or, or purpose tonight. But let me just read uh, some of the ways that the devil is described in Scripture. He's known as an, an accuser of the brethren. He's the adversary. Uh, he can manifest as an angel of light. He's known as Beelzebub, the, the Lord of the Flies. He's a deceiver. He's known as the evil one, the father of lies. He's the lawless one. Uh, he's a liar. He's a murderer. He's the god of this world system. He's a tempter. He's a thief. He's the wicked one. He's the serpent. He's known as Lucifer, Satan, and the devil. And, uh, and just as we know God uh, and who he is through his various names, his nature and his tactics, we also uh, get to know who uh, the adversary of our soul is. Satan, through his various names, we can see some of his tactics. Uh, as a matter of fact, Second Corinthians, I, I'd like you to turn to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, and, uh, and then in chapter 11 and verse 3, and I, I want to read these two portions of Scripture because they're just so uh, important for us to see in our study of, of knowing your enemy, Second Corinthians, uh, first of all, chapter two, in uh, verse eleven, and this is uh, uh, the uh, the admonition of the apostle Paul to the Corinthians, and and he uh, he sums up uh, some of his his instruction in verse eleven. He says, "Lest or unless Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices." So. There's something that the Apostle Paul reveals about, about the enemy is that he wants to take advantage of us. And he can do so if, if we don't know the truth, uh, then, then he can deceive us because he's a, he's a master at twisting and, and perverting things. And then in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna land here for very long, but, uh, this is a, another really insightful portion of scripture when it comes to the enemy and how he, he, uh, he maneuvers, it says, that the Apostle Paul sharing a great concern. He says, for I fear lest somehow 
we could say this then, somehow, some way, or in some manner, uh, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. And, and, and we can see here that, that the enemy wants to, he's very crafty and he wants to plant a seed in your mind and get you to doubt who God is and what God has said. And, and it's for the purpose of moving us away from a simple life. And he wants to make our life very burdensome and heavy. And he wants us to be bound and all locked up in fear. He wants to restrict us. He wants to torment the human, uh, human race. And, and so he's, uh, he's not someone that, that we should fear from a, a, a standpoint of that, that, uh, you know, that we're, we're afraid, but he's, he's someone that we need to be aware of. And, and there's, there's people that, that go to extremes when it comes to uh, the forces of darkness or to the devil or to uh, his demon cohorts. And, and here are the two extremes. Either they completely just ignore it and, and don't deal with it and, you know, just think by, by not addressing the forces of darkness or not dealing with them that, you know, the devil will just go away. And he won't bother us and, and he won't, he won't bug us. And so, you know, if you just ignore him and, and don't give him any, you know, don't, don't pay attention to anything that he'll just leave you alone. And, and that's just not the case. Uh, he's a bully. He won't leave you alone until you punch him in the mouth. And you can't physically punch him in the mouth because the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal, but you can hit him with the word of God like Jesus did when he was tempted. You can, you know, and when you hit a bully in the mouth with the word of God, the devil, all of those, you get the analogy, then then you shut him up. You know, I, I, I love the story that John Osteen tells about uh, the schoolyard bully, and, and he was writing a list of all the, all the kids that he was going to pick on and beat up and take their lunch money, and, and so he was writing down all, all his classmates and, and one kid out on the playground saw him writing down on a, on a yellow tablet all these names and said, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he says, I'm writing down all the names of everyone that I'm going to whoop and everyone's lunch money I'm going to take. And, and he grabbed the tablet from the bully and he looked at it and he went down the list of names to John and Susie and George. And, and then all of a sudden he saw his name. And he looked at that bully and he said, you take my name off that list. And, and, and then the bully got all flustered like, hey, you take my name off that list right now. And that's how you have to address the devil is when he tries to put you on his list of people he wants to take out and he wants to steal and he wants to beat up and he wants to destroy. And then all of a sudden you just grab that list from him and you say, you take my list off there. I don't belong to you. You have no jurisdiction in my life. But, but some people just think if I ignore him, don't pay attention to him, then he won't bother me. And, and they don't even know that he's already, he's already got an advantage of them in that situation. Or some people go to the, the extreme and everything's the devil. Everything's the devil. And not everything's the devil. But they go to that extreme and so that they, you know, they're constantly, you know, worked up. Have you ever been around a Christian? They're always worked up. How are you doing? I'll tell you, I'm in a battle. I'll tell you, but I'm in a battle. I'm always fighting. I'm always fighting. And, and there's times we are in a battle, but there's also times where we have to rest in the victory that belongs to Christ. So, you know, we got to avoid the extremes 
in, in, in especially with this subject matter, because in, the enemy wants people not to believe and just be passive, and or he wants them to just be hyper crazy, like uh, like he's more important and more powerful and more present than than Jesus. And uh, our focus is on Christ and uh, on His victory. But when the devil shows up, we have to learn how to address and we have to deal with him. And that's how you get the victory. So uh, all of those various names that I described and, and some of the, the things you already are aware of, I just want to remind you that, that he's real. And uh, he's behind everything that's evil and, and everything that's, that's anti-Christ that's going on. And, uh, and Scripture uh, is very clear about that. And, and God doesn't want us to be deceived about these things. So here's some truths to be aware of and that I, I, I want you to really... Never, never, never to forget. So I'm going to repeat them a couple times. So truths that we need to be aware of and never to forget and in regards to knowing our enemy. And that is when you and I were born again, we became a Christian, a child of God, that we entered into a spiritual battle against the prince of darkness and against his demonic cohorts. You were in your... Uh, now, no one is... Is, uh, you know, you know, baby Christians have a degree of grace and protection and around them, but the enemy still comes how often when the word is taught. He comes immediately to steal the word. So, you know, you're, you know, you're in a spiritual battle and, uh, cause the enemy is trying to come and he's trying to steal the seed of the word of God because he doesn't want it to find a home in your heart. He doesn't want your heart to be fertile soil and he doesn't want that seed to germinate because he knows that if, if you keep an open and receptive heart, you're a hearer with the intent of being a doer of the word, then that seed is going to find, that incorruptible seed is going to find a home in your heart. It's going to be watered and it's going to bear fruit and it's going to bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold and you're going to be fruitful. And so the, the enemy comes when immediately to steal the word. And, and he has no regards for the innocent uh, baby Christian or for, and he has no regard for the mature believer who has been battle tested and so that's why it's important that when we have young christians in the midst of the church that the elder saints surround them with prayer and encouragement because satan has no regard for their decision for christ he has no regard for their decision for christ if he can pull them back into the world within three months six months if he can discourage them if he can get them to believe that their life was better before Christ and never had so many problems until I became a Christian. Have you heard that story before? You know, the moment I gave my life to Jesus, boy, it just seemed like all hell broke loose. You ever heard that statement? Well, the reality is it did. And someone needs to be honest with a baby Christian and say, but Jesus has you covered. Stay under the shadow of the Almighty and we've got you covered because, you know, God has uh, given, you know, the care of, of you to us. So when there's young Christians, baby Christians, or I would even say carnal Christians in the midst of the church, you know, uh, we need to help serve and, and protect them because the enemy has no regard for them. He wants to keep them, uh, you know, uh, in, a, in a place where they're not developing and getting strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So here's another truth I want you to remember is that, that the devil's not like God. That's why we don't, that's why we don't magnify the devil. We magnify the Lord. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-present. He's not all-powerful. He's, he's none of the above. Now, now he'll tell you he is, but he's not. The very fact that he says that he is proves that he's not because he is a what? Liar. Liar. 
Correct. So he wants he wants you to he wants you to believe that he knows what you're thinking, but he doesn't. He he wants you to think that he's everywhere at all times. He's under your bed. He's you know he's he, the creaky door. He's the, the tree hitting the side of your house in a storm. That you know all of the analogies. You know that uh, he's you know he's the he's the guy that when you walk out of the out of Piggly Wiggly, you remember Piggly Wiggly. If you don't, you know Piggly Wiggly is an old before you had uh, Casey's and all. There was Piggly Wiggly's, and they were down in the south primarily. But if you come out of Piggly Wiggly, you know then then he's the shadow by the dumpster, you know, of someone who's going to come and 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 take your uh, juju fruits, right? And, uh, <laughs> and 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 you know he's just constantly just trying to, to. He's like a puffer fish. He's trying to make himself bigger than what he actually is. And uh, he, he masquerades as, a, as an angel of light. And so, but he's not, he's not any of those things. And you, you always have to remember that. You always have to remember that. Story about uh, a tremendous missionary, uh, Lester Sumrall, and he was in the Philippine Islands. And, and he was in a very, very remote place, uh, a, a, a primitive place, we would call it. A place where the gospel had never been proclaimed. And he was in a thatch hut and, and was sleeping one night. And... Uh, his cot moved from one end of of the room to the other end of the room, and, and there was no tornado. There was no, and it and he, he went from one side of the room to the other side of the room, and it happened multiple times. And finally, finally, he sat up in bed and he said, "Put it back and leave in Jesus' name." The bed went back to its original place in the room, and the spirit of darkness left. But the devil was trying to get him into fear and trying to make himself like he was all present, all powerful, and all knowing. And uh, but thank God for a man who knew the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. And at that moment, he said, "Just you have no jurisdiction here." Now, uh, that's that's a very valuable illustration. So we have to remember he's a fallen angelic being that must be resisted, or he will not leave. Uh, you can, you, you know, you just, you say, people say, well, I'm just going to out, I'm, you know, I'm going to just wait the devil out. And I, I don't even know why you would want to do that. I, I, let me give you a, an interesting example with this is that, have you ever wondered why Pharaoh said uh, to Moses when it came to the frogs, remember the, the 10 plagues and, and then the frogs, and there were frogs everywhere. Can you just imagine? I, I mean, you open up your chest of drawer and frogs jump out. And you go into frogs everywhere. Just And and so uh, Moses goes to Pharaoh and, and Pharaoh, uh, you know, says, all right, uh, I, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of of the frogs. And uh, but tomorrow. Get rid of the frogs. Why? Why would you want to spend one more night with frogs? I, I, you know, I read that portion of scripture and, and so they got to spend one more night with the frogs and then Moses besought the Lord and then, you know, the next day all, all the frogs were gone. But, uh, that just tells us, you know, the, that Satan, uh, is a fallen angelic being and, uh, Pharaoh is a type of Satan in that, in that story. There was a real Pharaoh, but it's also, a spiritual metaphor to help us to understand uh, some spiritual truths, and and it's just uh, it's just an amazing thing. And and when he's resisted, he has to leave. I don't know why anyone would want to spend you know wait the devil out and spend one more night bound when they don't have to be bound. 
and all locked up when they don't have to be locked up. And then here's another truth, that the enemy is subtle in his tactics, and he's an opportunist. He's, he's very subtle. He's like a roaring lion. And how many of you, I'll date myself here, uh, remember uh, on Saturday afternoons you used to, you used to watch uh, The Wild Kingdom? Which, well, I, I really enjoyed that programming. And, uh, and they would be mutual of Omaha Wilds Kingdom, and, and they would be on safaris and different. And sometimes they'd be over in Africa or in the bush. And, and they would show a lion, and a lion was, was stalking uh, a herd of zebras. And, and which, which zebra did the lion get? The weak one, the wounded one. Did, did, the, lion, did the lion, you know, catch up with the weak or the wounded uh, zebra and say, hey, you know, I'm just playing with you today. You know, I see that your ankle is sore, you pulled a hamstring, and so I'm just going to let you go today. No, he didn't. He's ruthless. He's ruthless. And, and that's how Scripture describes him. And that's why Peter said, listen, Peter said, be sober when it comes to the enemy. Be vigilant. Because sober means that you're, you're exercising self-control and vigilant means you're watching. So Peter is speaking from experience. What he's saying is, I can, I can personally attest there's a time where I wasn't paying attention and where I, I wasn't, I wasn't at my post doing what I was supposed to do and I wasn't guarding my mind and the enemy took advantage of me. And he didn't want that. He didn't want that. So he, he learned that lesson and Jesus ministered to him and like he does us. And then Peter wanted to pass that lesson on to us. And then last is that, and I've, say, I've stated this, but he's, he is a ruthless predator. He, he has no mercy, has no regard for mankind, zero. None. So here's, here's how he works. And I, I've written this down and I'll sort of go through it in a way that uh, hopefully those of you that are writing uh, can capture it. So the enemy distracts in order to cause someone to drift. So the first thing he does is he distracts us. He distracts us in order to get us to drift. Here's another illustration. Uh, in, in Brother Hagin's ministry, there's several times where the Lord manifested to him and, and, uh, and ministered to him. And one particular time, it was, uh, I believe around in the 1950s, and, uh, and the Lord was, was in an open vision, uh, Brother Hagin saw, saw the Lord. And the Lord began to share some things about demons and demonic activities and about the forces of darkness. And, and while Jesus is, talking to Brother Hagen about the reality of spiritual warfare and how to deal with the devil and, and how to help the body of Christ live in victory, an evil spirit manifested between Brother Hagen and Jesus and started saying, yakety, yak, 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 yakety, yak, 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 yakety, yak, yak, yak. And he was saying it over and over again, and Brother Hagen couldn't hear what Jesus was instructing him to do. And finally, Brother Hagin got so frustrated, he just pointed his finger at the spirit and said, I bind you, get behind me in the name of Jesus. And instantly, the spirit fell to the ground like a sack of potatoes and whimpered off like a little defeated dog. And then Brother Hagin asked Jesus this question, why didn't you do something about that? 
And the next, and the answer that Jesus gave him shocked Brother Hagin. He said, if you didn't do anything about it, I couldn't. I delegated the authority to you to do something about it. If you don't do something about the devil, then I couldn't. Scripture says you resist the devil and he will flee. And never ask us to pray to Jesus, to Jesus resist the devil. We use the name of Jesus and have faith in the name of Jesus. But the authority is in the name and the name alone. And so he, he wants to distract us. Yakety, yak, yak, yak. Yakety, yak, yak, yak. Yakety, yak, yak, yak. And, and to where we can't hear Jesus. Do you get the, do you get the, Analogy, yakety, yak, 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 yakety, yak, yak, yak. He wants to fill your, your brain with clutter and confusion. And you have, to, you have to silence the voice of the accuser at that point. He wants to get people to drift, and which leads them to the next step. If they're drifting, then the enemy wants them to depart from the faith. And then the last step is he wants them to deny the faith. Departing from the faith does not mean that they denied the faith. It means they've just moved away. But the last step the enemy wants people to do is deny the faith. That's how the, the tactics of the enemy is. That's knowing your enemy. The enemy wants to come in. He wants to distract me. He wants me to drift away from my relationship with Jesus, drift away from my dependence on Jesus, drift away from the word of God, drift away from prayer, Drift away from being a witness to those who need to know the truth of God's love. He wants me then to depart from the faith saying, well, you know what? None of this is working. You know, life is just the, you, you live and die. And when you're dead, you're dead like a dog. And it, you know, it just doesn't matter. But we know that that, that's not reality. But when, when the enemy, it gets to yakety, yak, yak, yakking, and we're just listening to that and we start drifting pretty soon, we come to the wrong conclusion about things. And then pretty soon we're just like, you know, just forget it. The Bible's a fable, a bunch of hocus pocus. You know, how could a, how could a man live in a, in a big fish for three days? You know, Jonah, what a, that's just a storybook that's like Aesop's fables. They're just, it's just a book of morals. It's not the word of God. It's just a book of morals. It, it's, it's just like, uh, you know, Emily Post's book of etiquette. It, it's just trying to make man a, a better man, but but man's not a better man. You see how subtle the enemy is? Have any of you ever heard or been tempted or, or thought or been drawn away to maybe go down these roads? Or you ever catch yourself drifting? Can I get a witness? And the next step is, you know, just throw it all in. It's not worth it. And all the, all, here's a good one. You know, all the church cares about is your money. They don't care about you. And and that pastor up there, he just was a face, he's just a failure. He should have been a social worker, but, you know, he just couldn't pass the, the, uh, the classes. And so he just decided, you know, he has the gift of gab that he would just be a preacher. Did I tell you he was subtle? Do I need to remind you again that he's subtle? He doesn't show up and announce who he is. He, he shows up in various forms in different ways. He shows up as logic. He can, he can show, he can show up as, as your own willpower, your own, you know, there, you don't rely on God. You just, you know, God's not reliable. I mean, he's busy trying to keep the stars from falling on the earth. Just don't, 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 don't talk to God. Don't rely on God. 
God didn't really say that. God didn't really mean that. Just as, as Eve was deceived, we have to be careful lest we're deceived in the same manner. You know, Jesus is just a, a surname for uh, young uh, gringos in Mexico. There's, there's a thousand Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Hey, no, hey, Jesus. You know, there's just... It, there's nothing to the name of Jesus. There's nothing of, that's different about the blood of Jesus. It was just the blood of a man. Jesus was just a martyr. Jesus wasn't the son of God. And the reason that I can say that is because that's what, that's what the devil tried to do with Jesus. You, you, you know, if you're, if you're Jehovah Jireh, if you're a provider, then turn these stones into bread. Show me your God. And Jesus wouldn't take the bed. He didn't have to prove anything to the devil neither do you all you have to do is resist him don't try to get in a debate with the devil he probably knows the bible better than we do and you have to understand and i think many of you do and i'm about to close is that the devil knows who god the father is because he was created by him and was one time in his presence And we have never been in the presence of God the way that Lucifer one time was. One day we will and we'll be there forever. But he has been there. And he's defying everything that's holy and true and righteous and eternal. And he has no regard for mankind. He wants you to live for now and not forever. He doesn't want you to care about forever. He doesn't want you to have eternity in mind. He doesn't want you to have the bigger picture in mind. He wants you to be self-absorbed like he is. Selfish. And he'll do it by saying, you know, hey, just set some goals. You know, that's the same, you know, that's the same as as just be a good be a, be a good moral person. And, and and there's a lot of lot of little things that that he says and does that he sort of just tries to bait us with. So here's the here's the, the reality, though, is that when one turns to the light receives the light and walks in the light, darkness and all its desires, all its power, all its authority leaves that individual. And the light, the light just dispels the darkness. It, you know, it doesn't have to work to do it. It just does it. It's just part of what light is designed to do. So when you bring the light of God's word, you bring the light of God's love, you bring the light of, of the name of Jesus, then, and, and here's, the, here's the thing is that until... Until you and I understand that this enemy that we deal with will not leave us alone until we turn on the light. We turn on the light, he can't be found. He can't stay in the light. So when you're being tempted and when the enemy is trying to distract and trying to bait us, to drift away, to depart from the faith and to deny the faith, all all anybody has to do is just turn to the light, receive the light, right? And then walk in the light. So I want you to say that with me. I'm going to turn to the light. I'm going to receive the light. And I'm going to walk in the light. And, and light showed up and where darkness go? Well, it just flees. Though your enemy come at you one way, the, De- the book of Deuteronomy said he'll flee before you seven. One translation, and, and I like this translation, says he'll flee the enemy will flee before you as one in terror. As one in terror. So Jesus destroyed the works of darkness 
and the works of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of darkness, and he did. And uh, the kingdom of darkness was defeated by our king, King Jesus, and the kingdom of light that he brought into our life. And so we're starting off this series by saying, all right, if we're going to enter in and be effective in our spiritual battles, and uh, not every battle is a spiritual battle, and we're going to get into more detail about that. Uh, But when you're in a spiritual battle and there's signs and indicators that you're in a spiritual battle, uh, and we'll talk about those uh, more specifically in the upcoming days, then you're well equipped by God to overcome the powers of the darkness. And that's why Paul, and this is where we'll pick up next week, said in Ephesians 6.10, Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And I'm going to quote my good friend here, uh, Kendall McKay. Uh, as we were talking, he was in St. Louis to, to get a treatment on Monday, and, and we were on the phone a little bit. And he said, I heard something I, I want to share with you. And I said, share away, brother. And he said, uh, he said, most Christians, most Christians put on the helmet of salvation, then run around naked. (laughs) In other words, they're interested in Jesus being their savior. They put on the helmet of salvation, but they don't take up the sword of the spirit. They don't lift up the shield of faith. You know, they don't put, they don't loin their, their, their put on the belt of truth. They don't put on the gospel shoes of peace. And uh, as a result of that, you know, they're saved, but they're running around naked and, and you're an easy target. I'm an easy target for the enemy when we're like that. That's why the Apostle Paul said, be strong in the Lord. That's the first step. Be strong in the Lord. Don't try to do it apart from him. It's only through him and because of him that we have power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.